This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Well, hello everyone. Welcome back to Massive Late Fees Dumpster Diving. That's the best. It's all the detritus of pop culture that we're crashing through as we uh, we go through the dumpster. Today, Mike, I would say maybe a, a stickier mess than we're used to. <laughs> uh, I would say that. Yeah. First For movie. For a lot of reasons. First movie we've done here on dumpster diving. And uh, I'm t- I'll tell you, I-, I-, I described this a little bit. Uh, what we're doing, I, I guess, okay, so we're doing Cannonball Run. The original 1981 Cannonball Run uh, starring Burt Reynolds, the late Burt Reynolds, the late Dom DeLuise, the late Dean Martin, the late Sammy Davis Jr., the late Farrah Fawcett's in this. That, that's what we have to say about this movie. There were no survivors. <laughs> it was directed by Hal Needham. Uh, can you believe, Mike, that Hal Needham was Burt Reynolds' stunt double. and re- I, I can believe that, yes. Really more of a stunt choreographer than a director. <laughs> not, not only that, I can believe that he's doing all the stunts as he directs the movie. It's very evident in this movie that this guy is not a professional director. Yeah, this, this movie's a mess, and I didn't even watch all of it. Like, uh, what I understand about this movie is it's... It always seems like the more celebrities that are in a movie, the worse. It- yeah, it, it, the, maybe the lone exception being uh, it's a mad, 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 mad world. I haven't seen that one, but I mean, like even like the. Uh, I, I mean, I know you have a fondness for the uh, original Ocean's Eleven movie. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, but like the one with like, uh, what do you call it, uh, George Clooney and every. I mean, that was an okay movie. It wasn't like amazing. It's not like the more celebrities you have, the better it's going to be. Correct. Which I think is the, menta- <laughs> the mentality. Sometimes. Yeah, especially during this era of filmmaking. I think that was a big-time mentality. Yeah, I think this is definitely the point where cocaine was just taking over Hollywood. Because, like, <laughs> there... This... this I, I, I saw 12 minutes of the movie. I didn't have time to watch the rest of it, and I was happy about it. Because the, the, it was easily the worst 12 minutes I've seen of a movie in a long time. Yeah, so... Uh, as a little bit of background, this movie is based on an actual event... That still happens. It's it's not really publicized much. It's obviously clandestine because it's illegal. But it's a, the Cannonball Race was popular in the '60s and '70s, uh, sort of when the the highway system kind of you know first really became prominent and everything. Uh, people would race from New York to California, and so across the entire country. And whoever posted the best time was the winner. It was kind of like an unofficial thing there. I don't I don't think there was actual actually any kind of prize uh, attached to it other than just kind yeah. of bragging rights. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm sure something like this does still exist. I think I've looked it up on YouTube before because mm-hmm. uh, on the show Jack, <coughs> Jackass, they did something called the, I think it was called the Gumball, which is the same thing. But they were actually like going across the continent of Europe. Oh, okay. Which is pretty crazy. That is insane. That's, that's where they discovered that the Russians were stern but fair. And I think uh, one of them broke his wrist, like like trying to like you know slide down a uh, staircase on like a uh, I don't know like a baking sheet or something, whatever the fuck it was. Okay. 
<laughs> but, but yeah, it's, it's 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 really crazy. Like people will do like marathon. Like you know, like one person will stay up and drive as long as they can, then the other person will take over. You know, as few stops as possible. Still, I mean, it's such a long distance. It's going to take at least two days or something. I imagine. Yeah. Well, the the reason that I decided we should do this for dumpster diving is because there was a news story that came across that a team had broken the cannonball run record. And I believe they did it in something like 27 hours. Uh, that's that's how long it took them to go from New York to California. And basically they used the 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 car's onboard uh, system to kind of show the trip and how long it took and their average speed and everything. I think they averaged something like 120 or 130 miles an hour or something like oh, that. Oh, geez. Yeah, that, that's ridiculous. Because, I mean... Uh... The the previous one was thirty two hours fifty one minutes, and that said it's an average speed of eighty seven miles per hour, which is not legal most places. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, if you could just go the distance in like Montana, go in a big fucking circle, you could probably get it done in no time. But... <laughs> yeah, Montana has very few uh, speed laws, which you know is uh, a boon to some people. But yeah, they so you know they broke that record. And it got me thinking about this movie, and the last time I'd seen it was quite a long time ago. And I remember thinking, "Oh wow, what a great, the, what a great movie!" I remember liking this movie so much; it's so funny, and, and all this stuff. I should go watch it. So I watched this late at night. I watched it. The movie's an hour and a half long. Forty-five, yes, forty-five minutes into the movie, I paused it, and I was like, "Nothing has happened." nothing's happened in this movie at all. Like the plot hasn't moved forward at all. What the fuck? Why is this movie so bad? And I, uh, you know, I realized that it was one of those nostalgia type things, but I was like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta drag Mike down. with this. Yeah. And it almost worked too, except they uh, ran out of time, <laughs> but there are some, there's a lot of interesting things about this movie. So, I believe that the first 45 minutes of the movie is supposed to be introducing you to the characters, but it doesn't really do that. It cuts so quickly. Like each scene lasts about a minute to a minute and a half. And we, we go from all these different people, uh, you know, in that are going to take place in this race. Our main characters are ostensibly Burt Reynolds and Dom DeLuise, JJ McClure and Victor, who also has an alter ego, the backstory of, of which is is like hauntingly hilarious and terrible at the same time. But uh, he Captain Chaos is his alter ego. And then I guess the secondary characters would be Sammy Davis Jr. and Dean Martin. They get the the most play, I suppose, and they dress as priests because they figure the, all these people are trying to figure out ways that if they run into the police officers they won't get arrested for speeding or they won't get tickets for speeding. So, you know, Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr., stars of yesteryear, even in 1981, they were probably about 10 years later than, you know, from being big stars. And yeah, didn't they both, like, die like in the early 90s or late 80s? Uh, Dean Martin died on Christmas Day, 1989, and Sammy Davis Jr. died... Uh, just a little bit after that, I believe, maybe 91, something like oh, that. Oh, I thought you were going to say, like, at the same day, and then he, uh, his last words were, at least we'll still have Dean Martin. 
Yeah, it was a regular uh it's a regular Adams Jefferson situation. <laughs> <laughs> but no, uh D, um Sammy Davis Jr. died of throat cancer because like all of them, uh he smoked a thousand cigarettes a day every day of his life. And yeah, that's a lot. And Dean Martin died of a heart attack. Uh I I assume basically for the same reasons. But yeah, the the yeah, uh they both died then Peter Lawford, who was also in the Rat Pack, died in the uh, the seventies from drugs. So he he was uh, got into some bad drug habits, and then uh, Joe, I think Joey Bishop was the the longest one to live. He died a few years ago, and uh, uh, Frank Sinatra died of cancer in the the early two thousands. I think. Did you know that uh, Dana Carvey was in the hospital room next to him? Oh no, I didn't know that. I know Dana Carvey had a lot of heart problems, but I didn't know he was. Yeah, yeah. I think during one of his operations or one of the first times he went there, he uh, he was just, like right next to Sinatra, like as he was dying. Interesting. Did Don Don Rickles uh, show up? <laughs> well, he told he told this this very like like an odd story. I mean, like it's funny, but it's also kind of like it's like darkly funny because um, you know he's uh, he's like sitting there. Um, you know, like kind of just, he's like, I'm bawling my eyes out and everything like Frank. Oh, you know, Frank, I can't believe because I've been friends for, you know, whatever, 50, 60 years or something like that. And, uh, Sinatra like looks at me, he's like, stop your fucking crying or something like that. (laughs) He's like, uh, stop bawling over me. You you know, like whatever your pansy or something, you know, one of those, uh, sixties Franken slang things. Um, Oh, I thought you were going to say, I heard a different story about that, actually. Yeah, go ahead. It was, like, from Artie Lang or Norm MacDonald. They were talking about, like, you know, on the set of Dirty Work. I think that's when, uh, I think that was around the time he was, you know, dying. Mm-hmm. And, like, so, like, they asked him, you know, they asked him how Frank was. He goes, oh, you know, it's a lot of a... <laughs> it's like, you know, choking. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that story, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, it's, uh, I mean, that's one of those well, things. Well, he's dead. <laughs> right, that's, well, they're both dead. Don Rickles and, and Frank Sinatra. I think my, uh, uh, you know, t- to go back, go back to Don Rickles and Frank Sinatra, <laughs> uh, I think my favorite story about him is, um, have you heard the one where, like, uh, Don Rickles apparently like, started dating, like, a new, uh, you know, a new lady? Yes. And, like, he was, he wanted to impress her, so he's, like, trying to, he, like, he kept going up to Frank Sinatra, like, come on, you gotta, you know, yeah. you gotta, you gotta go over and say hi, and he, like, he just harassed him for hours and hours. Yeah, they, they're at a restaurant, and he's like, come on, Frank, come over, say, it would just mean the world to me, come on, come on over, say hi, just, uh, you know, just, just, just say hi, like, you know, that, that you know me, shake my hand, you know, all that stuff, and, <laughs> yeah, and Frank's, like, finally, he's like, Okay, you know, I'll do it. Just go sit down. So he goes and sits down. Frank's come over and says, uh, hey, Don, you know, how, how you doing? And he, he reaches out his hand. And then Rickles says. <laughs> go ahead. You can tell the punchline. I believe it was. Can't you see I'm eating? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I heard Sinatra tell that story on, on Johnny Carson. <laughs> yeah, that's like the funniest like, thing ever. Oh, it's so awesome. And I also heard, uh, again, to talk more about these two, uh, I also heard that at, like, at certain points during his life, like uh, Sinatra would just have like a guy follow him around with like, a bag full of cash because they, they just knew he'd be so irritable. He'd get like some kind of fist fight or something or like, you know, push something over and break it. They just have a guy like toss out cash as he 
That doesn't surprise me at all. Sinatra definitely, especially with reporters, would get uh, pretty testy, and uh, he was known to uh, to punch a, a couple few reporters. I mean, you'll probably uh, end up in Jersey with a meat hook up your ass, but it's a good joke. <laughs> you know, I kind of, like, I wish that Cannonball Run 2 was streaming somewhere, because I... Th- from memory now again i haven't seen it in a while it's a better movie and i think you'd be more interested in it for a couple reasons um sinatra actually has a cameo in cannonball run too um dean martin and and frank sinatra or dean martin and sammy davis jr they'll come back to the movie but also charles nelson riley is in the movie oh nice i'm a fan of his (laughs) and from you know just just occurred to me real quick yeah in the next 10 years, we'll see Adam Sandler presents Cannonball Run. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yep, that that should definitely happen. On Netflix. Oh, but, so, like I said, real events, you know, and, and everything. Uh, Hal Needham uh, actually participated in it. Uh, the ambulance that they use is the actual ambulance that Hal Needham and uh, Brock Yates, uh, they souped it up. And they used it in the real cannonball run. Oh, nice. That's a good vehicle because who's going to stop an ambulance? Exactly. But there are so, there are so many, oh my God, there's so much wrong with this movie. Like, like I said, they, you know, they take like a minute for each scene and you don't get to know them at all. Like, I don't even know the names of Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr.'s characters. And um roger moore's in it and he's just he's just playing himself he's just playing yeah, which, roger moore which is, which is very odd yeah i mean that must be you know obviously that was after james bond or during it because he played like the james bond theme and you know he like said he had to kill his mother or something like that yeah <laughs> yeah he's uh you know uh and then he you know it's a uh what a prop gun that just says bang she just looks at him like he's an idiot. But there's a part in the movie. Now, this is, again, this showcases how bad Hal Needham was at directing. So they're, you know, J.J., Burt Reynolds, and I'm just going to use their their actor names. Uh, Burt Reynolds, their real names, Burt Reynolds, and, and uh, what's his name, Dom DeLuise, are working on a car. Uh, they go out and race it and they end up, um, you know, they end up crashing it and and everything and they, they get stopped by the police. So they have to come up with a new, a new vehicle where they won't get stopped by the police. Eventually that leads them to the ambulance, but they start, you know, they start thinking and he's flying in a plane, drinking beer while he's flying and they're coming, they're trying to come up with different things. He's like, Oh, would they stop this? Would they stop them? And, uh, Burt Reynolds says, Oh, I need more beer. So he lands the plane in the middle of the town. <laughs> you know, everyone's like running out of the way. And uh, Dom DeLuise goes to get more beer. While he goes to get more beer, it's an 80-yard line, additional dialogue recording. So, you know, obviously the plane was making too much noise on the set to get clear audio of it. But we see the exterior of the plane. It's a wide shot, and you can still hear the ambient noise of the plane. And Burt Reynolds delivers what's supposed to be 
a comedy line. I mean, it's kind of funny and like very mildly, but it's so mishandled that, you know, it's not funny at all. But he says, what about a black tree? And the other thing, too, is he delivers the line so poorly, Burt Reynolds, because this is exactly how he delivers it. He goes, what about a black trans am? No, that's been done. Like no, no pause at all. Just, you know, uh, like quickly going through it. And it's clearly a reference to Smokey and the Bandits because, right. you know, he was in Smokey and the Bandit and drove a black Trans Am. But he should have like it should be like, what about a black Trans Am? Pause. Let everyone realize, oh, that's funny because you played the bla- Bandit. And he says, no, that's been done. But it's so you can't see his face the way it's staged, how how removed we are from the scene. It's it's not, it doesn't connect in any way. It's just a completely mishandled gag in this movie. And they decided right. and we'll is, leave that in. And it was weird for them to make a reference to, uh, you know, um, mall rats, like in this movie. It was just odd. <laughs> Jackie Chan's in this movie. Yeah, I, I I was surprised. I think that's about where I uh, I stopped watching it. Uh, but yeah, J- not because of Jackie Chan, just because that's I, I I had to go to bed and like I thought I'd have more time, but I didn't. So uh, yeah, but yeah, I, I was surprised to see him. And not only the credits, which were in alphabetical order, which was very wise, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, just like young Jackie Chan, it was very surprising for me. He's like, what is he like, some singer or something like that? No, he's so his car. Is it's the most stereotypical thing ever, <laughs> and I think they cast him as like a Japanese actor. I think, or like a Japanese character. I think is, is what the what it's supposed to be, which is also funny. Um, but his car is completely computerized, <laughs> and it's it's the whole like early eighties. The Japanese are like all you know, tech and stuff like that. And there are, and that's what it is. The car is computerized. It can, it can show where police officers are. It can, uh, basically be functionally invisible during, during driving. There's, there's scenes of them where, uh, the two, the two, I don't, I'm sorry. I don't know the, uh, the name of the, his co-pilot in the car, but they're wearing these glasses that allow them to see infrared at night so they can have all their lights off and everything and drive at night and go really fast and, and not be seen. But that's basically all his character is except for there's one fight scene kind of towards the middle of the film. And he's really good at fighting. Yeah. He's able to show off his, uh, his martial arts skills. And, you know, even at this early time, and I believe this is his first um, uh, American movie. He's, you know, he's clearly, you know, excellent at it. And, and it just goes to show how, how terrible everyone else is at fight choreography. <laughs> the fact that he's so good at it. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of fucked up. I mean, the like Asian actors during that era, like, you know, they're always the villain, obviously like, you know, they were, uh, it, it's kind of weird. Cause even in, um, in Die Hard, uh, the first person who gets killed, uh, Mr. Nakatomi, is they treat him as a villain. And he's the guy who gets killed by a terrorist. Right. See, like, they're like, oh, he's a Japanese guy taking over the country. He even bought, you know, a falling water from, uh, you know, that uh, that one guy. Yeah, uh, Frank Lloyd Wright. Yeah, him, too. Him, you know, all those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> but even he's like a villain. And then, like, you know, you have, like, they either, like, teach, like, you know, young kids karate or they're, like, doing karate on people. Mm hmm. Or like gung ho, they come to like you know take your plant. Yeah, exactly. 
Or they sell you a, a fucking gremlin to your, you know, for your, like, son. <laughs> or they, like, you know, they find, like, a green-eyed Chinese girl and they try and, like, uh, you know, kill some truck driver. That is true. Yeah. I, I haven't thought about that, but that is true. The only uh, the only one who had it good was Short Round. Yeah. No time for love, he, Dr. Jones. Yeah, but even he had, like, you know, the stereotypical accent and, you know, all that kind of, like weird stuff if they do another indiana jones movie which apparently they're going to do i think they should have adult short round and then i think if they're going to continue the the franchise that short round should be the new indiana jones you know what uh i think you're gonna think i'm insane when i say this and you would know more than most uh this person's acting ability Mm -hmm. i think in like 10 or 15 years uh what's his name uh shia labeouf is gonna be the next like robert downing jr slash uh but you're Joaquin Phoenix, like you know, an actor who like was kind of there, and like he just he just becomes like a really great actor. I would, I, 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 no, I wouldn't doubt it. I think you're, I think you're right on because he does have a lot of good acting skill, and I think eventually, uh, with his weird like life and everything, he'll put it all together. Yeah, I think he's he's very interesting. Uh, he was on Hot Ones. It was mm-hmm. very like the first time I ever saw him interviewed. It was very you know revealing. He's a very introspective person. You know, he thinks a lot about what he does. Like yep. he's tries like different methods. He's tried method acting. So I think when he was on that Tank movie with uh, Brad Pitt, he like just didn't shower for like weeks at a time and stuff to get more in, into character. You know, mm-hmm. I think I, I, I'm I'm telling t- 10, 15 years, he's either going to be the next uh, you know uh, like Walking Phoenix slash Robert Downey Jr. or uh, scenario number one. <laughs> Yep, it's going to be one of those two things for sure. Oh, man. But yeah, uh, Adrian Barbeau is in this with uh, another blonde woman as well. Uh, and their their big thing is they're hot and they have big breasts. So they, they wear low-cut shirts and uh, every time they get stopped, they, you know, they zip down their, their tops and everything. And it works until they get pulled over by a busty female cop. Then it gets way better. <laughs> but then, and also for some reason, Bert Convy's in this movie. <laughs> and I don't know what he's supposed to be. I guess a CEO of some company. We never learn anything about his character other than he rides on a motorcycle and all his lines are ADR'd basically. <laughs> Jamie Farr's in it. He plays a uh, he plays a Middle Eastern like Shaw or something like that, who who uh, stops at a diner and you know like real quick to get food. He calls in an order, and uh, this this other attractive woman uh, is there, and he says that he's coming back to buy her. Right. Yeah, there's a, like uh, Peter Fonda's in the movie, Mel Tillis, uh, Terry Bradshaw is in the movie. There's so many people uh, in this in this uh, Jimmy the Greeks in it too. Oh no! Just playing himself. Did they have any comments about uh, which uh, person might be uh, faster if the race is <laughs> on foot? He said that the darker cars had a better chance of winning the race because they uh, they showed <laughs> yeah, less. Extra. Yeah, they showed less dirt, and uh, they were har- harder to be spotted by uh, by the police and everything. They, they had they had certain inbuilt advantages. Oh, did you uh, something similar? Did you see the thing about uh, Lamar Jackson? Like, I, I guess now to the next game, which I think is tomorrow. 
he's gonna wear uh, like white gloves and like white sleeves so people can't <laughs> complain that like the balls that's that's hilarious that is awesome and I can't remember who they're playing, but it's, I think it's the Jets. They're, they're going to fuck them up so bad. It's just going to be ridiculous. Absolutely. He's probably, ang- he's probably angry about that, too. So, <laughs> oh, But yeah, so this movie is terrible. I mean, basically, I like it's here. I'll go through the plot of the movie. It won't take long. Uh, uh, no. There's a race from New York to California. There is no known prize. Uh, they all clock in. And the, the scene of them clocking in, they, they use like a regular time card. The scene of them clocking in takes forever because each one of them has to have some fucking comedy line or something like that. They're all featured and they all clock in one at a time. It takes forever. And then at the end, there's a foot race to be the first one to clock in, but they all do like, at, you know, in California, but they all clocked in at different times in New York. So it's like whoever does the best time, like it doesn't, whoever's first, it doesn't matter. Cause if you, it, you know, if you were the first, if you were also the first to leave, then, you know, maybe your time isn't as good as somebody else's time. So it's so it's, I don't know. The whole thing is odd. Um, real quick. So uh, I, I'll go through the plot and then I got another thing to say about Dom DeLuise. Uh, so, you know, there's a race, there's no known prize, whatever. Uh, the guy trying to stop them has the vaguest sort of, sort of reason to stop them. Um, he likes the environment and, uh, he likes trees and Farrah Fawcett's character is a reporter that also likes trees. She likes nature, but she also, uh, loves the feeling, uh, on a warm night of bawling under a tree. She says, <laughs> which is the weirdest fucking thing to say. She just says this to this environmental dude out of nowhere. And he's clearly fucking turned on. And then she tries oh, to see. Yeah. They clearly miss the opportunity to just turn this into like a great porno. Yeah. I mean, that's basically it. It almost is, but, uh, so there's no prize for the race. They just, people just want to win it for whatever reason. And then, although Sammy Davis jr. And Dean Martin have bet a considerable amount of money on themselves to, to win. So I guess there's money in it for them uh, in that respect. And then they race. There's wacky adventures. I kind of, I mean, not much happens. It's mostly just them driving and then it's over. Then they get to the end and it's over and that's it. That's the movie. Not much happens at all. Yeah. I, I, um, are you familiar with the career of uh, Dom Delwey? Uh, I'm fairly familiar with it. Um, I know he's like, headed up it, to his tits did, so with with stuff. As, was he like? Uh, did he get like more obese later, or is this like about like how obese he was the entire time? No, I think he got so when he fir- when he like first started out, like when he was really really young. Um, you are familiar with the career of Dom DeLuise. <laughs> When he was a uh, 10-year-old? No. But when he was, you know, when he, like, first burst onto the scene, he was, he wouldn't even be considered fat at all by today's standards. I would say, like, maybe, like, very little overweight. Um, Here, he's obviously a little bit bigger. And then towards the end of his career, he got a lot heavier, yes. A lot heavier than he was... Uh, at this time, for sure. 
But yeah, they definitely consider they definitely consider him the funny fat guy, which is so weird because he probably weighed like I don't know two hundred and twenty pounds or something like that. Like he was barely overweight here. But they call him the blimp. Yeah, it's like uh, I think I made the argument that like. Uh... You know, like a policeman nowadays would be like the uh, fat man at like a sideshow, you know, like 50 years ago. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So it's like seeing like them called Do- like Dom DeLuise, like the, you know, like they're making all these fat jokes. Like he doesn't really look that fat. No, and he, de- he definitely got much fatter later. Got into the full Hawaiian shirt uh, phase. Exactly. But his character is is really weird. So... He has an alter ego of uh, Captain Chaos, and the like. The reason that he has this alter ego, as he tells tells the story to Farrah Fawcett, he, he, when he was ten years old, a bunch of kids ganged up on him and started beating the shit out of him. Just, Is that what he went by the name Horace Maxwell Ford? Right. But he was just, they were just kicking the shit out of him. And he he said, Captain Chaos showed up and beat the hell out of all of them. And from that day on, he's always protected me because she's like, well, isn't it weird to have him like in your head? And he's like, oh, he's not in my head. He's out there, you know, but like he'll come to me, uh, you know, when I need him, basically. And they but they treat this. And he tells this story. And then later there's like, a fight. Scene. The first five minutes of meeting someone. Right. Exactly. But he tells this story and then there's a fight scene later in the movie and he does the every time he, you know, becomes Captain Cass or whatever, he dons, you know, the mask and everything and goes dun 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 and they they treat it like a joke, even though it's a very fucked up story. It's like I was being fucking my ass kicked by ten different kids. Uh it's it psychologically broke me at nine years old. And I've had this split personality ever since. Is basically the story. Isn't that funny? <laughs> no. Oh my god. This this movie. This movie is so it's so wrong on so many levels. Yeah, and it sucks too. Oh, but that is our episode for the week. Uh, let us know. If you watched Cannonball Run along with us, and if you enjoyed uh, Cannonball Run because you also uh, suffered brain damage from getting your head kicked in by different <laughs> kids, and let us know if you didn't enjoy it because you're a, you know a well-rounded individual. Uh, but yeah, massive late fee on and Twitter, it, massive late fee everywhere. And, it, and if any of you out there are in Montana, maybe get some laws that uh, have speed limits. That's yeah. kind of dumb. Yeah, exactly. Run over some steers. I mean, hey, big what are you, Sammy, you're, you're Sammy Hagar. You can't obey fucking basic traffic laws. Exactly. Be like David Lee Roth. Obey traffic laws and ride around in ice cream trucks and fuck girls. I don't know what the fuck he's up to. Did you know that he, he's up to a lot, actually. Did you he, know he's a paramedic? Oh, yeah, I did. I did read that. Yeah. And I think he went to like Japan to like master swordsmanship. Wow. Yeah, so this next fucking uh, reunion is going to be awesome. Yeah, they'll fucking cut... Uh, cut people up and fucking put the stitches on right there. Yep. Yeah, he'll cut Eddie Van Halen's uh, fucking head off. Uh, stitch it back up. 
Yep. All right. Well, that is our show. We will see you. Well, not next week because we're we're on vacation. Remember until uh, January, but uh, we will see you next decade. Uh, we should have done jingle all the way. Yeah, I'm actually we're doing that. No, no, we're not doing that. We're doing the Santa Claus on retro late fee. Oh, well, I mean, for like dumpster diving, if we're gonna do like a long ass movie, uh, I could have not watched yeah. that one instead. <laughs> Yeah, I could have done that. Uh, this is like Christmas for car nerds or gearheads. Is that what they call them? What is? Cannonball Run. It's like Christmas for them. Oh, yeah, I guess. Yes, I found it weird that there's a Lamborghini. You would think it would be like, you know, an American car, mm-hmm. especially during this time period. But Yeah, well, the Lamborghini and a Ferrari. The uh, The priests are in a Ferrari. They also, uh, uh, at some point, Burt Reynolds uh, goes through a town and says, hey, uh, these priests uh, are guilty of, like, molesting kids or something like that. Oh, what? How'd you leave that up? <laughs> and and the cops, uh, the cops like, oh, I'm going to fucking get them, you know? And uh, and some, I don't know how they get out of that, but eventually they do somehow get out of it. See, I don't understand. I mean... People have been joking about like priests like molesting children. Like as long as I've heard of priests, it's always like the typical joke. But then yeah. like it's suddenly a shock when they find out that priests are molesting children. Yeah, where do you think those jokes came from? You know, right. it's like it's like uh, expecting no Mexicans to have a velvet painting of Elvis. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that obviously did happen. Like one of the most hypocritical things I've ever heard in my life was. Uh, I used to listen to Jay Moore's podcast. But I don't know what he's doing with it right now, if he still has it, whatever. Um, but he was talking about like, the Penn State scandal. He's like, how can you do this? An entire organization. Then five minutes later, he's like, oh, these Catholics are being persecuted. You know, <laughs> He's like, you can't, blame, you can't blame an entire organization. I'm like, you just literally said you, you can do Right. Fuck. Yeah, he's kind of a douchebag. Yeah, he is. He does a good Christopher Walken, but he's a douchebag. Yeah, he's really good at impressions, but he just, I don't know, he just doesn't seem to understand uh, how uh, so social interactions work, I guess. Yeah, maybe he could impersonate a uh, a normal human, human being. being. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or maybe he could uh, not have those dead eyes. <laughs> he does, he looks worse than an Ewok. <laughs> he looks like a shark. <laughs> oh... All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for us. We'll see you uh, in January. Uh, Have a good week. Bye. See you next year.